0: Hi and welcome. I'm Mabel Ninan, the host of Far From Home, a podcast that encourages biblical perspectives on immigration and inspires faith in action. To learn more about the podcast, or me, go to MabelNinan.com. This episode kickstarts a new series on conversations about immigrants and foreigners in the Bible. I talked with an award-winning author and speaker, Shadia Ricci, about Rahab a prostitute and a Canaanite woman who plays an important role in Israel's conquest of Jericho. What can we learn from this foreigner's story? And why is her story important when we consider the grand narrative of the Bible? Shadia and I reflect on these questions as we dig deeper into Joshua chapter two. I hope this conversation encourages you to contemplate and appreciate God's love and grace and his plan for our salvation. Don't miss out on your chance to win a free signed copy of Shadia's recently launched six-week Bible study, Rahab, Rediscover the God Who Saves Me. The link to enter the giveaway is in the show notes. This episode of Far From Home with Mabel Ninen is sponsored by the American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants podcast. Heidi De La Cruz hosts the American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants podcast, where immigrants share their journey of coming to the United States. They talk about their expectations of the U.S., the cultural shocks they experienced, and how they adapted to living in a whole new country. As a child of immigrants, Heidi saw firsthand the struggles that immigrants face while navigating their new home, and she wanted to share immigrant stories with others. Heidi's mission is to change the narrative of immigration to a more compassionate and empathetic approach, a Jesus approach, one immigrant story at a time. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify and watch it on YouTube. Hi, and welcome to Far From Home with me, Mabel Nainen, your host. So the Bible is full of stories of men and women who were immigrants or who became immigrants, like Abraham, Moses. We also have Daniel, who was taken into exile and lived out the rest of his life in Babylon. We also have the story of Esther in the Bible, who was a Jew, but lived in Persia. And then we find stories of foreigners in the Bible. Ruth, for instance, is one of them. And one of the goals of this podcast is to highlight these stories so that we recognize how the experience of migrant people intersects with scripture. And today we're gonna talk about Rahab, who was not only a foreigner, but also a prostitute, a woman of bad repute. But she plays an important role in the Bible. And I could think of none more suitable and qualified Uh, then Shadia Ritchie to help us unpack the story of this biblical hero. So welcome to Far From Home, Shadia.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome.
0: So a little bit about Shadia. For those of you who don't know her, she's a passionate Bible teacher and an award-winning author who loves seeing lives transformed by the power of God's word. Shadia is the author of several Bible studies, including Tamar, Hagar, Legion Jin, and Worthy of Love, and the recipient of many awards, including the 2022 the WCCW. Is it the West Coast Christian Writers' Conference? Yes. Yes, yeah. that's the one. The God's Word is Alive Award, and she was a recipient of that award for 2022. And having experienced many heartbreaks, including abortion, date rape, divorce, and more, Shadia captures the hearts of audience as she illustrates through personal experience, God's love, faithfulness, and power of redemption. She holds a master's in biblical and theological studies, as well as a master's in criminal justice. So I have learned so much from Shadia's Bible studies, and I had done Legion before even I met her. And so I'm somewhat of a fan. I consider her a friend and a sister. She's mm-hmm. part of our local writers group. So she's someone I highly respect and I admire. And it's such an honor to be talking with her. Thank you again, Shadia.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. The, this whole subject of your, your podcast is, is such a beautiful theme. And uh, it's, just, it, it's an honor to be here with you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. So let's get started. So I wanted to show you. So if you're listening to the podcast, you will probably missed this part, but I'm just showing um, the viewers of the video podcast, the cover of Rahab. It's a six-week Bible study called Rediscovering the God Who Saves Me. And it's a beautiful cover. You just feel like holding it and not putting <laughs> it down. <laughs> but let's talk about Rahab. Tell us who Rahab is and why did you write a Bible study based on this character.
1: So as you shared, she's, she was a prostitute. She lived in the Old Testament times. She lived in the city of Jericho during the time when God had commanded his people, the Israelites, to take the promised land and to basically cleanse the land of the wicked pagan activities that were taking place, um, including in the city of Jericho. So Rahab was a prostitute who lived in this city. Um, and the reason I wanted to write a story about her actually I'll back up even went up before I re- finished writing the most recent study before Rahab, which was on Tamar. This is Judah's daughter-in-law. I knew I wanted to do Rahab next because Rahab follows Tamar as the second woman listed in the ancestry of Jesus. But what's interesting is that both of these women are tainted by prostitution. That is a, an element of both of their stories. And there's just something about these kind of messy stories in the Bible that I love. So many of us are familiar with kind of the the more famous people in the Bible, the people we look up to like Abraham and Esther. And, and I love those right. stories. These are strong leaders with exceptional character. But for me, like I've made so many mistakes in my past. You mentioned some of them and some of the things that I'm just sad that happened. But I find myself attracted to the stories in the Bible who, of people who made mistakes or who suffered okay. or who were looked down on. So so that's one of the reasons I really like these kinds of stories.
0: Yeah. And give us some context about where Rahab's story is situated in the Bible. And Rahab's story occurs in Joshua 2 and 6. Mm -hmm. So can you maybe just summarize the story for us?
1: Sure. So Rahab, she she enters the Kind of the biblical narrative during the time when the Israelites are camped on the edge of the promised land. And as I shared, Rahab was living in the city of Jericho and the the Israelites were planning to cross the Jordan River and then take over the city of Jericho. So Joshua, who took over leadership of the Israelites from Moses after Moses passed away, he sends two of his trusted spies to go into the city of Jericho and bring back some military intelligence. But what happens is the spies end up at Rahab's house, this prostitute. And, as you go through the story, again, I'm a, like you said, I'm just going to do a kind of a quick summary, but you'll see that God's hand is in all of this because she is the one person in the city, the only person in this city who's actually, rather than cowering in fear, she's actually turning to God. And so she protects the Israelite spies when the king's messengers who found out that the spies had come to her house. they had informants going on, their own spies and so forth. And the king's messengers come to Rahab's house demanding that she hands over the spies, but she lies to them and she protects these Israelite spies. And so long story short, she rescues the spies, but extracts from them a promise before she let them go by saying, promise that you Excuse will come me. back and save myself and my family when you take the land. And she has this amazing statement of faith where she's, I know the Lord Yahweh has, ta- has given you the land. Those are pretty profound words. And so God honors her for that. And later when the city is taken over, her her home is protected. She hangs the scarlet cord in the window as she was instructed. And God ends up rescuing her. And later on in the story, she ends up actually marrying one of the descendants of Judah, a prince, he is called. And so the prostitute marries the prince. It's such an incredible story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and, and let's back up a little bit. So she's introduced to us immediately, like in an action scene, right? There are the spies in our home, and the king says, hand over the spies to me. And she says, No, they're not there, but she mm-hmm. just springs into action, she hides them on her roof and covers them with flax something. Yes. Yeah. And then, and so I was wondering what gave her the courage to do that. And then And the answer is, like you said, in her declaration here, and I just wanted to read from Joshua 2, verse 9, she says, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. And she says, again, when we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed Mm. because of you for the Lord, your God. And this is incredible to me, is God in heaven above and on earth below. I'm like, how did she believe in that so strongly? And probably even a stronger faith than uh, many of the Israelites themselves. Absolutely.
1: What's very interesting is while the the Israelites are camped on the other side of the Jordan, the scripture actually teaches in the book of Numbers that they began to, and the word literally is whore after the gods of Moab. Mm. So you have this contrast going on where the Israelites, God's people, are turning into idolatry and pagan religions, and then Rahab, the prostitute, the Canaanite yeah. in the wicked city, is actually turning to God. Mm-hmm. And those verses that you just quoted, Joshua two nine through eleven, are profound. This is a profound statement of faith on her part. And each part of the of this confession of hers is is very significant. First, she says, "I know the Lord has given you the land. If the Israelites had that kind of faith they would not have fallen into the idolatry that they did so already we see a very strong faith uh, on her part yeah. and this can only be explained by an act of god you know that that faith is a scripture teaches faith is actually a gift from god and there was something about her recognizing who god was because so like you just quoted it where she said All of the people of the land melt away before you. They're all in fear. So she's explaining to the Israelites that all of the people, at least in her city, are terrified. So it's not a matter of they don't know who God is. Um, She goes on and she says, we, not I, she says, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. In other words, for the Exodus. We heard mm. how you rescued mm. your people, what you did to the other kings that were on the other side of the Jordan. In other words, God's giving them victory over these very powerful kingdoms and how the Israelites destroyed them. And, and she says, as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. There's no spirit left in anyone because of you, because your God is God in heavens and earth and on, in the heavens above and on the earth below. And she's basically saying, we have all heard who your God is and we're terrified. So mm. there's no excuse that they mm. didn't know. The yeah. only difference was, is that Rahab, rather than turning, letting her fear pull her away from God, she drew cl- closer to God. He should be feared. Yeah. But I, but I want to get on his side. <laughs> so that's what gives her the courage uh, to yeah. protect the Israelite spies. And by doing so, she put her life on the line mm.
0: by lying yeah.
1: to the king. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I love that she jumped at that opportunity. I don't think she planned for it. It just happened. So she had to think on her feet. And she knew about this God. And at the right time, when God gave her that opportunity, she grabbed it.
1: Yes, yes. And that reveals to us that her faith had been developing. It wasn't like she had just heard of the God yesterday and made it profession the next day like in her heart she's drawing near she's recognizing who he is and then when the opportunity comes she doesn't have to think because her heart and her mind is already committed it's a powerful story and we've barely touched the surface
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I also think about her faith right sometimes we think that only people who are I'm quoting in quotes good moral have strong faith Mm-hmm. And that messed up people somehow cannot have that kind of faith in God. But here we see someone who's questionable moral character, but she has faith. So uh, that faith does not have to anything to do most of the times with like who where you are or your moral character. Absolutely.
1: One of the things, when Jesus was on the earth in, in the New Testament stories, he never treated the moral religious people different kind from the prostitutes, tax collectors, and the thieves. It's from his point of view, from God's point of view, we're all sinners. Um, and sin can come out looking very moral. We can become mm. proud of our morality. But ultimately, we're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And so there's no real from a human standpoint. We attend to, like you said, we might judge like they're the more moral person and they're the more immoral person. But from God's point of view, until we come to Christ, we're all on the same boat, <laughs> heading nowhere yeah. good. Yeah. We're we're all in need of redemption. Yeah, it's a beautiful point. And that and then the stories like Rahab, as an example, then remind those who might feel that they aren't good enough. And through her stories, realizing it, it doesn't matter. God will, God receives all who will turn to him. His heart is for all. Scripture says he desires that none would perish. He cared for every person in that city, but they, but those that refused to turn to him that,
0: yeah, mm.
1: it's a human, significant contrast. Yeah. And it comes down to faith, not morality, because mm. morality is actually tainted until we come to Christ. We're still polluted with sin, no matter what it looks like on the outside.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One thing I also noticed from my reading of this was that she did not just save herself. She mentions for her family, right? Her brother, (laughs) sister, and all of them. So it's like my, my father and mother, my brothers and sister, and all who belong to them. So I don't know how many people these are, but she thought of her entire family, and because of her, all of them, I and mean, we know from Joshua six, everybody that she sheltered in her home were first rescued before yeah. the Israelites destroyed Jericho. And yeah. so that's also admirable to me that she was thinking of all of them
1: she was when you go through, so obviously in the Bible study go through in far more detail, but there's this aspect when that's when she allows the two spies to escape out the window, she could have saved herself right then and there. There was an open door, so to speak. She could have gone out with the spies and she would have been safe and that would have been the end of it. But she chose to stay behind, risking being exposed to letting the king find out that she betrayed them. She risked the battle that was to come. She risked that the spies would not be true to their word. She took a lot of risks in order to save her family. And, and so it's a beautiful picture of her heart. And again, in the study, we go through the details that explains how I know some of the things I'm going to share, for example, that she lived alone. Mm. And again, the this, this study will reveal all that and all and all that we studied to, to determine those things. But what that tells us is her family was not with her. And so mm. was there a fractured relationship? What, what did it all look like? We don't know. But she cared enough to put whatever was whatever her experience in life was, whatever led her to become a prostitute in the first place. Sometimes people in those days became prostitutes to pay off family debt. Like yeah. they were sold into it. We just don't know all those things. But the beauty, as you shared, is that she wanted her family saved, right? All the nieces, nephews, everyone like that belonged <laughs> to them. Everyone yeah. who was willing to take
0: refuge in her home mm. would be saved. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Yes. And so talk to us about the significance of this story when we consider the entire story of the Bible.
1: Oh, that's a great question. So like on the surface, it, it seems like we have a story about a prostitute in a pagan city. She protects the spies of the Israelite spies she saved in the end. So that's what kind of, that's the storyline. That's what's happening. But there's so much actual theological significance to her story, because first of all, she enters the story right when the Israelites are about to enter the promised land. The Israelites had been waiting for generations, dreaming for this day. And then in between Joshua chapter one, where God gives the command to Joshua to cross over into the Jordan River, in between that command and Joshua chapter three, where the Israelites actually do cross over into the into over the Jordan into the Promised Land, we have Joshua chapter two, the story mm-hmm. of Rahab. And God could have just skipped over it. The spies went in, learned the people were afraid. The spies went out. That would be the end. But God took that entire chapter to tell us the story of Rahab. He put the entire conquest story, which is what most of the Old, old Testament story is is. Surrounding the conquest of the promised land, the promised child, Mm -hmm. the promised land, all of these promises. And God puts all of that, those significant events, quote, on hold to save the life of a Canaanite prostitute who feared the Lord. Mm -hmm. What looks like an interruption to the conquest story is actually nothing short of God's divine intervention. This is highly significant. And the fact that her story is recounted in several not just one but several key faith passages in the new testament the book of james the book of hebrews it further confirms this tremendous theological significance to her story in the bible very significant yeah, yeah.
0: thank you for sharing that yeah. and you said in the study that her story is our story mm. can you elaborate on that
1: Oh, yeah. So if you think about the Bible as a whole, the the entire Bible is basically a picture of God's passionate pursuit of his adulterous bride. Mm -hmm. Throughout the Old Testament, God's people are accused of whoring after idols, betraying God, who is their husband, he's described, they're described as prostituting themselves. All this language about adultery, prostitution, whoring is throughout the Old Testament. And it's God's people that are accused. And in the same way, New it's, it's the same thing. You know, it's not about the, the, the Jewish people, the Israelites. It, it's basically just humanity. And these are the people that God started his, his creating his nation from. But through all of this adultery, through all of this rebellion against God, God is orchestrating his plan of salvation, which is basically to woo his bride back to himself. And and that's us. Mm -hmm. Rahab's story is our story because it tells us that no no matter who we are, what we've done, God is ready to embrace everyone who's willing to turn to him to be saved. Rahab, the prostitute, becomes not only part of God's covenant line of Judah and become an ancestor of Christ. and we are described in the new testament as Christians we are described as the bride of Christ and so we apart from Christ we're the prostitute we're the ones rebelling against God we're the ones living outside of God's will and betraying him but through Christ we become his bride and so mm-hmm. that's how Rahab's story, the prostitute who marries uh, the Prince of Judah, is our story. It, her, it's a reflection of the bigger picture of God's pursuit of his adulterous
0: bride. Amen. That's beautiful. And so tell us, for those of us you who are watching again, this is a Rahab Bible study, a six-week Bible study. What do you think readers will gain from doing this Bible study? And why do you think it is relevant? for mm. our times, relevant to our times?
1: And that's a great question. One of the things is that I'm just noticing in the kind of the Christian world today is we're very uh, much like our culture. Where our lives are very fast paced, instant results, frenzied way of life. And so many Christians are beginning to create a habit of leaning on a Bible verse as their spiritual nourishment for the day or for the week. But the Bible except maybe the book of Proverbs, wasn't written to be understood in verses. Mm. Uh, it just wasn't written that way. And that's why I think so many Christians are feeling empty and longing for deeper intimacy with God and engagement with his word, and, and they don't know where to begin. And so mm. Rahab's story is the perfect place to step back into, and to see God's story and rediscover how all of the Bible is interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, Her story foreshadows events she could have never imagined. Um, You know, uh, first of all, her story is tied to the fulfillment of God's promise to give Abraham's descendants the promised land. We're so far removed from that, the Old Testament and those things that we forget that this is highly significant to the Bible. And in the New Testament, she's holds a very distinguished place in Hebrews chapter 11, what we typically call the hall of faith. This is this makes her story very significant and what we can learn from it. Her story is reflected in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. These parallels between the battle for the promised land, the final battle at Jerusalem. We have the contrast of Rahab the prostitute. Then we have the great prostitute. These are the kinds of connections in the Bible that open our eyes to know God on a deeper level. And I think that's what we're missing today. And, and that's what's so important about doing some deep Bible study. And it also, what, to me, this is what makes the Bible so much fun, is seeing yeah. how it's all interconnected and how it relates to us today.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And like you said, when we do Bible studies like these, it also helps us um, appreciate the Bible and maybe lead us to spending more time in the Bible. We don't want to our, to just do the six-week Bible study and stop. We want to keep on getting deeper into God's word and Bible studies like yours are useful tools for us to do that and they fuel our love for God's word. Thank you so much for sharing your heart about Rahab, the Bible study that you wrote and this just released. If you want a signed copy of this Bible study, you can go to RahabBibleStudy.com. And you can do this Bible study on your own, invite your friends and set up your own Bible study in your home. Or you can introduce your women's ministry leader to this Bible study. I have just begun. I just began doing rehab and I am looking forward to it after speaking to even more. And I've enjoyed your previous studies. So if for anyone who's listening, this is your first Bible study. I'm sure after you finish, you'll pick up more of Shadia's Bible studies. She's also doing a giveaway for the rest of the month. Shadia and her team, they're giving away one book every day, till every, end, every week till the end of November. So the link to the giveaway is in the show notes. Thank you, Shadia, so much. This was a pleasure and an honor, blessing to have you.
1: Oh, it was always fun to chat with you, and you had such great questions, I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Far From Home, a podcast that encourages biblical perspectives on immigration and inspires faith in action. I'm your host, Mabel Ninen. I would like to invite you to join our private Facebook group, Far From Home Podcast, a place where you can share your thoughts and comments. I also share extra scenes and behind the scenes snippets on this Facebook group. I can't wait to meet you there and listen to what you have to say. If you want to know more about Far From Home or about me, go to MabelNynan.com. Some episodes of this podcast are available in video format on my YouTube channel, Mabel Nynan. Be sure to check that out if you're interested in watching the interesting conversations I have with the guests on this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'm so glad you joined us today. Until next time, goodbye.